it just stays small, you know, and and I think that's valuable for the market, for the culturality of all things I have, and I think it's the way it should be, you know. Hello and welcome to Elixir of the Gods. This is the official start of season two. Correct. Hello, Diego, my old pal from Hello, Mexico. Albert. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm good. Nice to be here again. Nice to be here again. And again, we have a guest uh, in this episode, Christian. Hola, ¿qué tal? Buenos días, tardes. He's not a new guy in the show. He has been with us, I think, once or... Yeah, it was this uh, Puntas Gracias uh, episode, if I'm correct. Yeah, um, right. Right. I was wondering if you were in, in also, I thought you recorded in the the Steel Berlin. So this big, oh, so, yeah, so we, did, we didn't do, we did, I didn't end up recording. Ah, okay, anything. okay, okay. That's why I thought you were there too. Yeah. But, okay. Exactly. Well, Christian is not new. He's not only today here to talk because he's a very knowledgeable guy. He's here because he's also our good friend and we're very glad he's here with us today. And I'm yes. handsome too. Christian, so how are you related to Agave World? Tell us a bit about you and your company that you're running here in uh, Berlin. Yeah, well, first of all, I want to say hi to the people that are listening to us. Um, I'm happy to be available to, to speak to a, to a public that has interest into all things Agave. Uh, as uh, this fellow has already said, I'm Christian. I run Agavera, which is a, it's a platform of distribution and lately also education uh, about agave distills. We're based, I'm based in Berlin. And yeah, so I like to do different things with, uh, with agave and with Mexican culture um, in Germany. And yeah, that's what I'm doing, actually. Very good. And today, I think we want to talk about a specific area of Mexico, right? Jalisco. Jalisco. Yes, in this second season, part of the idea was to uh, go a bit deeper in the regions. So we were thinking uh, for this first chapter, bring a knowledgeable guy from Jalisco who knows his stuff about Jalisco and talk a bit about the history and why is Jalisco such a powerful state for agave distills in general. And uh, well, we're going to go deep into that now. Okay, and we're also going to try a little bit uh, of some Jalisco spirits, I guess. Jalisco right? oh, yes. yeah. Where is it, if you imagine Mexico as a triangle shape, is it in the north, is it in the south, is it in the west, is it in the east? It's in the middle on the west, okay? Yeah, so Pacific side. Pacific side in the middle of the triangle. It's a beautiful city, by the way. We should visit if you're there. Yeah, it's a state, but... <laughs> well, Alhara is a city. <laughs> I know, but, but we, we were talking about Jalisco. Yeah, no, ah, yeah. no. No, me and Christian, we, we pick on each other a lot. So, uh, Because we're from Jalisco. Because we're from Jalisco. <laughs> so, Christian, Jalisco, the, in, in, in the history of agave distills, some would say, has a very relevant role. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, um, Jalisco has been producing agave st spirits since the very beginning of all things agave and all things still out of agave uh, in Mexico itself. Um, we have a lot of information about uh, agave production in Jalisco, concretely in Amatitan and Tequila and all those um, particular areas. And we would like to go deep into it, you know, like w where, where it really started, how it really divided or differentiated itself from uh, what it is now considered as a, the biggest denomination of origin, which is mezcal, 
what we want to get into this moments or in time where it really differentiates each other uh, as far as we know you know if there's more information that you people want to share with us people that are listening to the podcast you're welcome to to share this information as well correct nice if we to... make any mistakes also correct we we, we don't think we're the, the 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 most knowledgeable persons we just want to share what we know exactly and if you can teach us and enlighten us we are always glad to 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 learn a come bit. on our show as well <laughs> we be happy to have you for me as the least knowledgeable in this round if i, g I get an agave spirit from jalisco Can I get mezcal or is it something different? What what is produced in in Jalisco in in terms of mezcal? Can it be bacanora? Can it be ricilia? Can it be sotol? What what can you get out of Jalisco? Yeah. Well, now in two thousand nineteen, you can get uh, in in Jalisco you can get mainly out of agave three things: tequila in all these different forms, uh, añejo reposado, blanco of course, joven, um, and this new premium what is it called uh never try one this um extrañejo or cristal, yeah, cristalino yeah. which yeah, yeah. is you know oh, it's a okay. it's a subject of some laughs every now and then between me and diego <laughs> and um of course you can get raicilla which is a product that we i personally like a lot and i think it tells uh, a huge uh on the ground story about agave production and of course you can also get uh, agave distilled which is nor Uh, Raicilla, nor tequila, but the gray, beautiful, tasty line in between that not a lot of people know. Mm, mm. So I can not get a mezcal, but it doesn't say mezcal. No, the, the tequila industry forbid the denomination of origin to enter the mezcal okay. into Jalisco. They were already too big. So that's that's what they say, and, and I believe it. It's I mean... Okay, and then uh, for me as uh, to understand, you talked about uh, joven, blanco, joven, uh, reposado, anejo. Um, we, I think we never have really explained it in on the podcast. So what's the yeah. difference between the... I'm sorry, I mean, uh, blanco and joven will be the same mm -hmm. category. Um, yeah, so usually you get blanco out of tequila. Mm -hmm. It can also be joven, it really depends on the brand. And then anejo and reposado go through wood um there's usually two different types of wood that are that are used it can be uh french barrels mm -hmm. oak or american both used from previous uh spirits so blanco or joven means they are uh, bottled directly bottled directly from the distiller from the distillery yeah. and reposado anejo means they are stored in a aged Aged in a barrel. Aged from zero to six months, it's called reposado. From six months to two years, it's called añejo. And from two years on, I think it's it's the extrañejo. Super añejo. New, extrañejo. new tendencies that uh, honestly didn't exist. They started existing when the big brands started buying the big houses, the big tequila factories in Mexico. And then they started with this. Mm. Now they even have three distillations, which... yeah. Like extra suave. Okay, so it becomes as you you said that before. It becomes more of a vodka than exactly than, than having you, you the. You start stealing from the from the drink, as well as when you age it. When you're talking about tequila, and uh, I know people who know much more than me who like their tequila to be reposado or woody. What I mean with this comment is, when you put it through wood, then the wood will influence the the flavor for sure, and when you want to try. The plant, which has been growing on the fields for so long. You want to do joven. You want to do joven, exactly. But some people like it woody. 
Yeah. Okay. So sorry, I, I um, no very important. Got you off track. So um, so what do you think? We go like in a timeline so that we can try and explain. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think that will be that will be fun. You know, um, talking about the let's go to the seventeen hundreds. Exactly. That to go way back oh, where history. there was there was Excellent. no there was not a lot of difference between what was a nowadays called tequila and what was a mezcal. Back in the day, everything was Pinot de Mezcal. Mm. And then you were telling more or less where it was from. So in the case of what it's now, tequila, it would be Vino Mezcal de Jalisco, you know, mm. from this very specific area, or Vino Mezcal de Tequila, if you want to get into the specifics. Nevertheless, the first real production or the first real happening of this very concrete spirit was happening in Amatitan, not in tequila, which is funny, you know. Amatitan is just right next to tequila, and it's also, of course, within the range of denomination of origin. Um, the problem, I guess, with Amatitan was that not, there was not enough water. And then it moved to the next town where it was plenty, tequila. So Amatitan, Amatitan was a, a place, actually. Amatitan. Amatitan. That's right. Amatitan. Amatitan, okay. Yeah. Where, I mean, nowadays there's still amazing uh, brands that produce there. You know, they have like the, the production, which is still huge. And, you know, it, Correct. It, it dominates the landscape, which is beautiful to see. And uh, it has also some difficulties or some challenges definitely as well, which we can get afterwards. So, I mean, at the beginning of time, there was in this particular region, there was no difference between which agave you were using. They were only using different types of agave. This guy who really started to tell the story about agave spirits, um, Lazaro de Aguerri, right? No, I don't remember the... the Lazaro de Aguerri, yeah. I think he was in the 1920s, something like this. Um, and he was mentioning, you know, that, that this specific... Uh, spirits were produced by the indigenous people there. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, we think that tequila was really developed in, and and made from the beginning on from from the mestizos or the landowners or even the Spaniards. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I think the beginning really was with the indigenous people that were making and distilling this uh, this spirit in order to for their own. Religious. According to literature, yes. Yeah, yeah and you you called it vino del mezcal as well. Vi vino del mezcal, so yeah. wine, basically. Basically wine, yeah. But, but wine from agave. They were used back in the day. I mean, we have a graphic here uh, to share, which also I think it would be interesting to share in the link of Elixir of the Gods for people to, to see and analyze. Yes, it's in Spanish, but it, yes, it's worth your... Your time. Your time, so There is you a know? history. So we have we have the map here. So it, it, it shows the... History from the 1600s to 1964. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna put that on the. Yeah, on that's the very important to, to to so that people can see that in Jalisco the separation. So the Tequilana Weber entered only in the last century. So before the different agaves that they were using, and there were many, not like three agaves. No, they, how many? Nine. Nine, Nine, and some of them are subspecies of, of uh, Spadin, or Angustifolia. I think we, we might know what uh, Angustifolia means. Uh, it's the scientific name for the uh, Spadin plant, which is, the I would say, the strongest agave plant in Mexico, the one that grows uh, all over. And Tequilana Weber at the time, and still is, one of the um, subspecies of it. So you were using different species. Some of them are... Uh, 
uh, are still being used in, in, in Mexico and in Jalisco itself to produce what we will call raicilla or what you will call an agave spirit. And um, slowly this uh, different diversities were being filtered and taken away because of the characteristics of their plant regarding both the yielding of the plant itself, mm -hmm. the years and the ways of reproduction that they had. Leaving Tequilana Weber at the very end in a more technical way, not so much about the profile and the, and the taste, but more about these technicalities of the time and the yield so and the way of reproduction. So it grows faster, it's clonable, it's, so it's, it's economic aspects that made Tequilana Weber so successful for, for tequila. Is, That's is, right, and that was just beautifully paired with the industrialization that took place uh, mm -hmm. around the 50s. Hand-to-hand -hand also with Mexican cinema, which I believe, Diego, maybe you're here with me, is worth mentioning as well, uh, Mexican whole, cinema. The golden yeah. age of Mexican cinema, uh -huh. which started, you know... Uh, the late 20s. Late 20s, all the way into the 50s. And, you know, there was... Around these dates, there was a war going on. Maybe you guys have heard about it. We're not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> but this was, this was the, the, a great time for, uh, for Mexican cinema to, to bloom into the world. And we already had, like... All this Mexican, now maybe a little bit cliches, but back in the day there were representations of culturality. Mm. And you had the Charro Mexicano, you had a specific spirit, which in nowadays is considered tequila, that was also in the same region of Guadalajara. You, know? mm -hmm. you had the Charros and you had the, the mariachi. The mariachi. You have the, the tequila. So it, it, it had a combination of factors that made it popular for the world exactly and Ma became kind boom. of stere stereotype and there are stereotypes of mexicanity which, which in, in, in for foreigners <laughs> because for mexicans they're not necessarily stereotypes for us you know but for foreigners of course mariachi mexico sombrero big sombrero like this mexico tequila mexico you know i'm looking at one bottle that we're gonna sample today and maybe we can start with this or maybe we can do it later you know it's uh It's the bottle has exactly that, you know, a, a charro with a big, 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 fat, beautiful hat, okay. uh, seducing uh, a girl, a tapatia, of course, so, a girl by the a dance. Charro is who, who is a charro? What what is a charro? Is a guy or, or? a charro is a, it's a guy who makes tricks with the with the horse, right? Like you have like some specific, it's a very specific sport mm -hmm. of uh, called charreria, called charreria, of course, and practiced by a charro. Mm -hmm. And there are lines of tradition for charreria and for charro families. They, 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 they are like uh, sons of charros. And like to be a real charro, you have to have a, a lineage. It's not like you, you, you decide to be a charro, you put on a sombrero. No. They, 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 they are like, uh, yeah, this is they have a, a culture around it. Very this, cool. Very this, cool culture. This is connected to the land ownership mm -hmm. uh, around the towns of, of Guadalajara. You know? uh, okay, Which, so you only could be one if you had the means to... More to or less, yeah. yeah. You, could, you could kind of say this, you know, but it was beautiful that like, this pairing of the Mexican cinema, uh, again, into the what, you know, it was the, the mindset of, okay, let's drink something from Mexico, mm -hmm. and that would be a vino mezcal from tequila because of the connection with Mexican cinema. Uh, and you have a huge range of, um, of artists that were really representing and putting Mexico in the map uh, according to this. And then, of course, industrialization was taking place and world demand was already there for this spirit because people wanted, wanted to have a relationship with it. 
Guadalajara was also a very important city for the Spanish. This is like, um, we're going back like a hundred years, but Guadalajara, the name of Guadalajara was Nueva Galicia back. Nueva because the Galicia. Spanish mm -hmm. tried to create a map in Mexico mm -hmm. that looked like, like Spain. Like Spain. <laughs> exactly. So the, the farthest they had gone northwest was Jalisco, Guadalajara. So it was their Nueva Galicia. So Galicia in the Finisterre, you know, so, but they knew it was a very fertile territory. So they, they created excellent means of transport from, it's very good still, exactly. And the means of transport between Tequila or Amatitan back in the day and Guadalajara were already good because they were bringing in the 1700s, they were already bringing, I don't know how it's measured today, but the books say 150 cargas or 12 arrobas, arrobas which honestly, I would have to check that, how much that is, but it's 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 something already that they were already bringing to the city and then redistributing in, into in more, Mexico. Into the rest of Mexico and exactly. the capital. Of that spirit, exactly. of, that, that of that specific region, you know, so it was, it was already very popular. Let's Should we have a sip? Guys. Let's yeah. have a sip of the host, the tequila with the taro, tapatito. Tapatio. 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 This is a wonderful tequila. This is a wonderful tequila. This tequila is from the, from the other region in Jalisco. The history of it is kind of weird because they found out that the plants grew also in that territory very good, but it's from the Los Altos. It's from Arandas, I think. Correct. Uh, so and, and 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 now if you try the tequilas from the Los Altos de Jalisco, they're more floral, less earthy. I really like what they did in Los Altos, and and for me this is a wonderful expression. It's One of the example. best tequilas. It's yeah. a good example of of a, of a solid classic. And then you also, I mean, the, I think the bottle uh, tells you already um, quite a lot about the spirit. Well, you can you I, can see you can see. I'm sorry, you can already see this product in the European market. Uh -huh. So it's it's worth seeking and it's worth. Uh, having you know in in your yeah for personal your personal stock. collection yeah, yeah. I, I look at the bottle and it reminds me like like a cheap knockoff vodka so the the actually the drink mm -hmm. is much higher quality than the label I think it's intended I think it's you think it's intended I think it's intended yeah I think they wanted to look like a traditional mm -hmm. tequila from the years. From this cinema years, yeah, it looks very fifties yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and for example, in the bottle, let's get into it, you know, because uh, it's funny uh, and it's true. I mean, uh, you get the, the classic form of a tequila bottle. It's a very masculine one that mm. uh, that usually has also this engraving in the bottle itself. Yeah. So you have the dancer and the girl and the t the name again in the in, in, in the glass in the glass itself. I mean, it's not a generic bottle it's a bottle that is made exclusively for, for this brand. The, yeah for this brand you know and this happens you see it you see it in different brands that are old or or, or have this very masculine kind of a profile uh, that tells the story about the charro and all of this so i mean i i believe i believe these products are around and some of them are already getting into the into the european market which is nice because they reset a great standard. Mm -hmm. I, I believe this tequila is is good mm -hmm. and it's right there and, and very it, smooth. In, in very the good smooth. standard, you know, we we have a product that is distilled forty ABB. I believe they also have a fuerte, which is still a little bit higher. Someone, yeah, yeah, so a bit higher on ABB. We will have to try it, I guess, because I don't recall the taste of it. Yeah, I mean, so this is like the image. That was standardized. Can I buy this from you? No, I, I don't have it. Agavera doesn't have this product in the portfolio. But uh, as I was already uh, talking with Diego before about that I have seen this product already in the web. 
mm. so you can buy it online already mm. uh, and I'll, I will encourage you to, to try it if you if you feel like um, hitting a good tequila for a good price and this is a good, good I think this is a good starter drink because it's not overwhelming it's not like extremely smoky and, and it, it's like no smoke yeah, at all yeah. yeah but don't fool yourself I mean uh, Tapatio goes through an industrial process of production and we wanted to get it also into which was this tipping point that changed yeah. the production of, of tequila that was kind of artisanal very similar to what we know now as Raicilla or, or mezcal. So it was it was the mist of industrialization and um, and people wanted to improve the, the process of, of the production itself. So there were different things that were being done, changing the conical oven pit, barbacoa pit, into the mamposteria oven or the masonry oven, the cooking with the gas, which was something not very you know important and And it really expanded the quantities that you could actually cook. And it will take away the smoke, the agave itself. And as well, you got this machine that was... The, the masher. The, the masher of the, the juice. Masher. They created a masher that would do it uh, instead of the tajona. So, and it was, uh, it's a patent still, I think. You're going to see, uh, there, is, there is some literature on it, Albert, so yeah. that you can understand the machine. Okay. Uh, and that's 1891, if I'm not wrong, Albert. Can you correct me? Yeah, that's uh, correct. Yeah. 1891, yeah. Patent had May 12, 1891. Exactly, uh, exactly. We have a picture here. Los señores castaños López We should maybe Lara. post this. Yeah. Say it again because that's important. Yeah, the los señores castaños López de Lara were the ones who invented and owned the patent of this first technical... Masher. Masher, you know, that really, really changed things in the way you were making the production of mezcal and I, I believe to my understanding you know of the things that I have read and shared with Diego because we we tend to bounce a lot of information that was really like the the, the job that changed things mm. in quality and taste and profile of how, what or how an agave distilled will taste at the end after the distillation so, no. so they also had a bit more of consistency in the taste because the 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 methods industrialized and more standardized yeah. and exactly. more yield as well you know exactly more quantity which is they important had, they had good roads so so what we're trying to 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 picture here is the from the 1700s because before we know they may be distilling but it's, it's irrelevant the quantities but in the 1700s they were already distilling Serious quantities. In the 1800s, they were already designing machines mm. to create a better production and a faster production. And in the 1900s, they're the first ones who create a rule on it. So, yes, it, it's impossible to say this is uh, the best agave distill. No, not at all. That's not what we're trying to say. We're mm. trying to just uh, picture the history of why it mm. went from being the same to super powerful Agave distilled tequila, you know. I, I would say like not maybe not super powerful, but definitely the one that represents or represented um, Mexican culture in as a spirit. And it's funny to 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 see the whole thing because it was really, I mean, there were different, definitely different agaves that were used in the in the production of what we know now as tequila until the 1949 or something like this, mm. where you were using different species of agaves like chato, True. Uh, pata de mula, azul, that nowadays is the tequilana weber. Mm -hmm. It was blue. named uh, blue, blue, exactly. Yeah. And you have you have more, you know, I could read here like Moranejo, 
Chato already said, mano larga, sopilote, pie de mula o parte de mula, chino, and some of these agaves that are now excluded for the production of what it is tequila are used for the production of what it is raicilla today, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. which is within the same territory yeah, yeah. and within the same, uh, let's say, biodiversity, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, it's also fair to say that Jalisco holds the second biggest diversity of agaves after Oaxaca. And that tells a story about, okay, so how many uh, raw material do we have and what's the diversity on it? So tequila really took took it in this very, like, fast lane, mm -hmm. uh, which is good, you know. At a certain point, it has its difficulties with the, with the ways of reproduction that is only by the hijuelos, by the baby agaves that are, that are, that are done, in, and not by the pollinization that really enforces and, and, and protects in, uh, the, the species itself. And then we have uh, the rest of the diversity just for what it is, uh, raicilla, which is uh, the niche of the niche, you know. So if you see mezcal as a niche for tequila, raicilla will be and will stay the niche as the, the, niche. the niche of the niche, which is interesting and, and it's something that we have also in front of us. So uh, I think it would be nice to get a little bit more into, into uh, raicilla vibes and leave tequila with its place and, and what it is mm. uh, culturally which I would say is honorable. It also has its, you know, its uh, you know, weaknesses and, and areas to improve. But I believe it's, it's something that really gave a first structure and also a first way of saying like, okay, we have gone this way uh, with the mixed stories of, you know, like mixing other sugars with agave mm. in order to not make the same mistake. So, I mean, we have a path that is nice to see and to recognize as a cultural heritage. And as we go along with other agave spirits, you are, you know, you have the opportunity of protecting yourself of this uh, historical mistakes, let's put it like this, or knowledge. Before we go into the next topic, we talked about Mexican cinema and uh, classic Mexican cinema. Do you have one or two movies to recommend? Uh, from that era. Nosotros los Pobres. Nosotros los Pobres. Would be a classic. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think it's by Luis Buñuel, who everybody in the cinema, in, whoever is a cinema, works in cinema, knows who Luis Buñuel is. He was a... Nosotros los... I'm not sure if it's from Luis Buñuel. Anyhow, Nosotros los Pobres. And Any movie of Pedro Infante is worth yeah. seeing, you know. Ustedes los ricos. So we're going to find a link to the show notes that describes the movie. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I, good I idea. Yeah, so, so to have a bit of a picture in, in the mind how the Good society idea. was and how we got to the point where tequila was becoming tequila, I think that, that exactly. could be... Yeah, it. that definitely paints a picture, mm. uh, did no you doubt. take a picture of the the, the, the mashing? Yeah, I did yeah? take a picture. Let's, yeah. let's post that too so that yeah. people can see. It's just a diagram, but you can understand that this diagram, that's a machine, you know. Yeah. You're not having a donkey going around or... You going around with a stone. Sophisticating processes, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So where should we go next? I mean, I, I, I would love to go to, um, to a rare area of Jalisco, um, aiming to Colima, which is a different another state, and presenting this, um, this product, which I do have in portfolio, and it's worth your attention. It's uh, La Venenosa, uh, Sierra Sur. It's a beautiful expression from... 
Arturo Campos, father and son. And yeah, I mean, you have a product that is still in an area that is kind of like a, the limbo uh, of agave spirits. There's few or non producers there, but for Arturo that produce that produce this spirit in this specific uh, region. Imagine that you're like uh, on the skirts of the volcano. Uh, this, okay. this volcano is called well, Volcán de Colima. And it's, you know, it's really, it really divides uh, the states. Uh, you have an artisanal, ancestral, no, an artisanal production, what we, you would call in Mezcal as an artisanal production, so double distilled clay pot. Also ancestral. It would qualify for ancestral, I would say, no? No, because uh, he uses um, uh, desgarradora. No, he doesn't ah, use... A, okay, he okay, doesn't, okay. He doesn't use... A, Tajona, uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So ancestral means old like donkeys and hand and a lot of hand so he uses some industrial methods or a little bit a little bit this this thing we just yeah. took a picture of that, that you know after the cooking the mm. cooking happens in a barbacoa oven pit oven over the ground and then he uses the help of um, a machine called desgarradora who, who who shreds the the cooked agave and it says molienda Mm-hmm. Molienda, me mechanica, which yeah. means mechanical. Mm -hmm. And molienda means uh, the grinding, mashing, grinding, grinding. grinding. Exactly. Okay. So, so this is a red lavenenosa. We yeah yeah, yeah. had a we, couple of lavenenosa before. So yeah yeah. You know this what we're talking about? Expression. Yeah. Yeah. Some some uh, beautiful prize was given to us uh, on the Stille Berlin this year, 2019. And yeah, yeah, I see you have a bronze uh, sticker on it. Yeah, it won in, in the Steel Berlin the bronze medal for the be one of the best agave distills. I would say it got, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's I mean, it's, it's an it's an expression that really tells uh, a story of of the region with beautiful minerality that comes from the from, from this from this volcano with a an agave that is I mean they name it Ceniso, but it's not really um, categorized taxonomically. So it's from the region and it's just from there and. I believe it's a, it's a true expression that really paints you a picture about what happens in Jalisco, that it resembles a little bit like the, the classic taste of a mezcal from elsewhere, let's say Oaxaca or, you know, other state like Durango. Uh, but it, it, it stands on its own on profile and stuff, and it's an exciting drink, and it's worth seeking out and, and, and sipping. And if you're in Berlin, you can find it in, in a decent number of bars and restaurants. And soon it will be also everywhere in Germany. <laughs> True. It's important here, I think, to point out, we tried to make the flight today on a north, center, south of the state uh, flight. Uh, Christian curated it. I, I had planned a different one, but Christian corrected me. And I think he did it right. And now we're doing... We went to the center because, of course, the center of the... The beginning history of in the state had to go down to the tequila route. So we went, st we started in the center. Now we went south all the way down to the, almost to the next state, which is Colima. Also very near uh, Michoacán. It's, so it's in this it's triangle, triangle region. By the way, if we ever go there, Albert, you'll eat the best carnitas. You'll die, man. <laughs> yeah, man. We're gonna die. And, 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 and we should go there. And finally, we're going to go up north. There is hardly norther than we're going to go in the state of Jalisco. Within the state of Jalisco, there is hardly a northern part. And this, uh, with the next uh, agave distill, which has its own 
its own history. It's not even crazy. a category. Uh, yeah. yeah, it has a name that I, I think is a drink I've never tried. Uh, um, so we come to that in a minute. But let's talk about this beautiful Rysilia from La Venenosa. Because now I've tried a sip already. And the smoothness is gone, but you have a very like explosion of a very specific taste. So this this the the, the tequila is like something smooth, easy to drink, mineral, forty percent yeah. ABV. Yeah, and this one is like just like boom, it it's like like an explosion. So yeah. so you have a very very different um, impression when when you take a sip of that one. Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really. Detonates a lot of, uh, I mean, for me, it's also a bit emotional, you know, it really gives you uh, a lot to think about, not just about the spirit itself. I mean, I have the pleasure to know this producer and it really takes me to the place of origin. You know, every time you sip it, it really brings you like unbelievable. So you have a picture of the place, of the Palenque. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've been to the Palenque and it's, yeah, oh, it's amazing. It's right? amazing. It's amazing. I mean, it's, it's I mean, really. And, and they have been growing, which is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, when I went, it was like roots, roots, really basic. And I arrived, I was like, no way this is made here, you know, because the way you see the production is like, okay, this is truly, truly archaic mm -hmm. in the way of how things are made. But the expression itself is super nice, you know. So, I mean, you, you, you expect that everything is more planned and stuff, but it's really, I think there's a lot of alchemy in the, mm. in the way this, this product is made. And I think the, the, the Campos family really has like a, um, how do you say, like, um, like a gift for it, you know? Mm. No wonder they are also like the last ones that are producing in this area. Yeah, and it's true. So, I mean, in Claypot distillation, it's also very rare to mm -hmm. see in Jalisco. I mean, I don't know. I haven't tried any other spirit within Jalisco that is distilled with Claypot. Maybe... Sierra del Tigre. Sierra del Tigre. Sierra del yeah, Tigre is true. the other one. But, but, but it's not common. It's true. It's not, it's not a common. Now we're going to go to another clay pot distillation, but it's true in Jalisco. It's not very common. The, mm -hmm. the clay pot distillation. There is many kinds of distillations, but it's not a common one, the clay pot. Mm -hmm. I mean, anyhow, now that, that if you go to the Palenque, they have a deck. Uh, they already, the, it's, it's already cement. Where, where you stand on before yeah. it used to be just like the earth. Uh, earth. Yeah. And now now the, the, the Palenque has grown. I Did you go to the fields with Arturo? No, we didn't have time. But I mean, also like the, the pit was just like the pit. You know, there was no stone. There was no stone. It was a pit. It was a hole in the, in the, in the <laughs> a dangerous, earth. A yeah. dangerous hole where you drink ricilla around. <laughs> and, and, then, and then also like the, the fermentation area was just like, it, that was walled with, with stones. Uh -huh. But it was... Truly, like okay, this is very, very basic in a way because you know the, you realize that they're really okay. We we want to do it the best we can mm. with the tools that we have or or that are around mm. and and always sticking to um, traditionality, you know, like on the on the old school way, and they, which is all is what's all about, you know, like and are, are they afraid the if they industrialize it more that they lose something of the mastery or or their ex expertise is it that 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 it's it's like okay we've done this traditionally we have this old old knowledge and and that's why we're doing it this way yeah i mean don't fool yourself with the with the archaic production of 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 the of the spirit arturo campos son he has gone all the way through through school you know so he is 
you know, he, mm-hmm. he's knowledgeable about things and um, and his stories are also directly uh, kind of uh, mm. webbed to what he does. So I think that's a very solid reason why they decide to use this mechanical mm-hmm. grinder because it really plays no role in the taste. I mean, um, people can comment on this maybe, one. Maybe are an it, esoteric role, but, mm, you know, like... like There are different opinions, but I, I agree with Christian that sometimes when you when you take out, like when you're helping the family, mash with a with a machete you know no i want the perfect ancestral yeah go go do it yourself go mash with a machete <laughs> eight hours exactly for eight hours during days until you have the or you have the family which they, they're not so many they're not like eight working it's arturo his father and uh i don't remember this other guy but he's always with arturo yeah yeah this and is you they, They have players. to. They have to use some some tools, man, yeah, that are available in the market. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I, I my, myself, I cannot tell the difference between uh, uh, mezcal. It's like to tell you, oh, yeah, this has been done with a hona, or yeah, this has neither. been done to with a mechanical grinder. And I don't know nobody that can do it. But you, for example, you can tell the difference between clay and for sure. Oh yeah, and that, yeah. wood or or copper distillation. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's that, yes. that is more. Some uh, some yeah. some things. Some everything matters. Of course, in the in the in the final flavor, everything matters. But it's really complicated. What Christian just said is is really a gray line. Like tajona or grinder, mechanical grinder, complicated to define. Also, you can go. And, and, and yeah, exactly to define in the mouth because also the tajona, the, the, they used to be rock, but then they changed and and and, and they used other materials. So yeah. in general, it's complicated, you know. And if you're helping the family, for me, I'm always for that. Yeah, I understand. I understand. Okay, should we go to the next? Yeah, beer? please, man. I mean, uh, this one just it gets me really excited. I mean, uh, I thought we were just gonna. Talk about Jalisco and not try any but any any spirits, but I'm I'm thrilled that yeah. we get to ch- to try the the tuchi. What, what is a, a talk about mezcal without tasting it? <laughs> Very <laughs> important. <laughs> I agree with Albert. They go, they go along, no doubt. And um, I believe that what what we have next is 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 a truly rare uh, expression and a truly rare spirit that is made. Well, I'm talking about uh, an ethnical spirit. Um, this goes beyond ancestral mm. in the definition of how it's made beyond you know it's uh, it's from La Verenosa again and it's Etnica Tucci Tucci um, we have we have this in stock as well it's a rare it's just a rare uh, spirit you know so we have you have a, a very kind of popular person that is that is actually making this this, uh, this spirit this uh, Pisciano Rafael, his full name is Don Rafael Carrillo Pisciano, and he's like a, he's also like an artist uh, within his community. He's in a very extremely remote community, as Diego was uh, mentioning before. You know, you cannot go more north than that. And um, it's the the Wirarica community, you know, the Wichol communities, more commonly known as as Wichol community. And they are really, really far away from everything. Um, They're within the state of Jalisco, and it takes you around 10, 10 hours to get to their village. And man, in a in a in a straight line, it's like three hundred kilometers maximum, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, there is no straight line to, to their yeah, town. You have yeah. to go around, go out by Zacatecas. It's yeah, they're it's also hard ser- to get there. There's also self-government uh, community 
So, so is it it's kind of like to get it there? Is it like a native community or is it like a hippie? It's a native community. Uh -huh. they, 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 we, we radicals are people living li like they have their own system of schools and everything inside uh -huh. the community. We have uh -huh. done some. This is not the first thing we do. The first time I worked together with Christian, with Christian, True. we were bringing uh, some art from this community, not mezcal, but art from these communities. And it sold quite good here, and then we lost the link in Mexico because again the distances and times, right? It was, it was tricky to uh, to keep it steady uh, in a way, and we thought, okay, but it sold good, man. Yeah, and it sold good. It, it yeah, was it just was, that it we was, couldn't. It, it was good, but it was hard to kind of uh, keep it stable because this community has a very different perception of how time goes. Mm -hmm. And that's maybe difficult, a bit difficult for us in Europe to, to grasp. Okay, so we go by a clock and the date, and that is not necessarily... That, 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 exactly. They, yeah. they're, they're more about, like, okay, I'm going to have this project, mm -hmm. of artistical project, or this, this one thing, and uh, I will... It's done uh, when it's done. Exactly. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah. ready when exactly. it's ready, you know? Uh, <laughs> that, that really, that also kind of uh, invites you to, um, to think about what's the relationship that these people have with their community and with the land itself you know mm -hmm. and the, the patience with the with the plants which you know as you everybody knows and and in this in this room where we are patience is it's what really gives agave you know its own uh, profile and mm -hmm. and all all of these magical things that we like to talk about like it, it is time really so i mean it's a extremely low quantity of spirit that comes out of this community once a year i believe it's Uh, 70 liters yeah i think they have managed year to year to improve a little bit i think that they reached the 100 liters uh last year accordingly to what yeah, Stefan told I, me I, 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 yeah <laughs> i believe that which is still a joke you know like uh, how do you distribute 100 liters on in the world you know with, with 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 a spirit that is just very culturally it's a spirit that is still developing um Esteban, the owner of la verenosa went to the community because he read in one book so Esteban, who was on our... Yeah, yeah, yeah correct. He was, Esteban, he was, Esteban, yeah. You maybe heard him before. He is knowledgeable and charming. And uh, and he read in one book uh, about the Tucci. And the, that, that was also made in this specific community and so on. So he decided to go, you know. Mm -hmm. And he, 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 <laughs> he, made the, he made the travels, asked around. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I remember if it was the the, the wife of uh, Pisano or the or the mother of Pisano, who received Esteban and Esteban told what he was all about. You know, like I'm about agave spirits and I would like to do this with the community and so on. And he was told that uh, they were waiting for him. You know, in a way. So. Let's so talk about spirituality, you know? That's fascinating. So the, so basically, this spirit was discovered because Esteban went on a quest for it. and Went tried on a to quest. And another detail that's important to say, this the spirit hadn't been made because then you have also the thing that big brewer factories were already there. Coca-Cola was already there. Yeah. Sorry, Coca-Cola, but... Uh, no no no, no, <laughs> no but but they stopped making it and when esteban got there he was told we haven't made it for 25 years wow. it was my father who made it so santo said i know how to make it because i saw my father but the first two or three lots santos is also the name of rafael the first two or three lots may suck yeah <laughs> I, saw, i saw i saw these batches and uh, now that i visited esteban And it's a failed Tucci a batch that didn't came. It was not good enough to put it in the market because you know 
it's it's a generational thing. I mean, we we in Agavera and Ringserum, we 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 seek to have products that have this generational generational background. Mm. And this was really like um, recovery, you know, just mm. bring back to life a spirit mm. that has been lost to industrial drinks, to take to, to cheap beer, and you know, like a mix mm. of tequila, you know, who was like, okay, what Which do we do for the communities? Like, what do we do? Uh, do we break our backs making this? Or do we get uh, the, go the easy way? You go exactly. around the corner or, in the or, shop or, or and buy a cheap bottle of fifty something. cents, and you yeah, get exactly. exactly. And um, so you know, it really changed the perspective because all the Western vibes do arrive to these remote areas every now and then. They do. But then again, you know, this guy, you know, Esteban, who really has explored all of the expressions. I mean, no, no producer came to him. It's like, you want to bottle my product? He has been the one who's uh, seeking the producers, the good ones or extraordinary ones, like, like, like the ones that we're trying right now. So you get an expression that really tells a, a cultural story, you know, that's why it's called etnica, which means, you know, ethnic. And you, you get, a, you get a, a spirit that is more about the culturality of it. And I mean, for my appreciation of this spirit, it's not like super fine and elegant and round and, and, round and perfect. But, it does ha it but does it's ha the story that's behind the spirit. Yes, yes, and, it packs yes, some yes. and it packs some very interesting energy as well, you know, the spirit itself. Have you smelled it? It yeah, do, it yeah. doesn't have the power that, but it's still a, wor a work in progress. You know, mm -hmm. this maybe in two or three years we say this Tucci man, this is really some of the best agave distill I've tried. So basically, with the Tucci, it will really depend on the year. So every year will be a lot different. I know it's with with artisanal products. It's, uh, it's, it will be more radical in this one. It yeah. will be more radical. So you you will have deviations, but yes. they're not as crazy or 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 enormous as with the Tucci, with and, the especially Tucci. with this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, until date, as a product or a spirit that you can that is labeled within a, a brand, I don't know any that is produced mm. uh, with this specific agave, uh, Masparillo from from Jalisco. I mean, Masparillo from elsewhere in in Mexico you might find, but not from Jalisco. Yeah, and uh, so we have in this one forty three. It's the graduation point four, which yeah. you know it, it is already something, and it's uh, mm. it's, it's 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 nice for the taste. We have a very um, archaic again way of production so the the harvesting and the the cooking happens the harvesting happens with machete i'm sorry and then the cooking is classic man posteri uh, sorry no not, not posteria but conical, conical yeah. over barbacoa and then again the chopping mm -hmm. it's with the machete so there's no tajona oh, wow. there. So they take the eight hours of like just machete bam, bam, bam. so no, no. the tajona is faster man that's why i say this is even Ancestral, this doesn't even qualify for ancestral, you know? Oh. The Tajona, Tour you type. have a donkey going around, or maybe you're pulling the rock, but with this one, you're mashing with a machete, you know? It's oh, like... Yeah. So there is, not, there is not even like the, the archimedial technology no, involved. No, no, not even. It's like... like no, there's no, there's no canoe or bat to, to smash it, which you know, might be a little bit forward. It's just really like, okay, have this machete. Of course I'll, it will I'll improve, you know? Of course it will improve. Who should, should buy this product then? So who, who, really, who would you recommend this product to? I mean, I would recommend this product for people that really want to, you know, try the edge of, of, of what is with agave spirits and how extreme can it be. Somebody that wants to get into a cultural product, uh, somebody that wants to collect, a collector of spirits. I mean, this this product will only get more expensive in time. That's mm. I can I can you know sign on that. Put your hands on fire. <laughs> 
and so it, it is it is indeed uh it's a it's it's something rare you know and it's something fun to have and it's it's amazing to share with you know as well if you have the right crowd because if you don't have it you just don't take it out of where it is you know you you let it sit and you do the waiting game on it uh if you're an agave enthusiast I think a serious one, a serious agave enthusiast. I think you should have a bottle of Tucci, and maybe if you really want to see the evolution of a product, not only one but one from each lot. So keep on asking: Is the new lot here? Every is two the new years, lot here? and have two or three so that you can compare and say, yeah, "Man, uh -huh. this is an evolution on a product that you can you are sure that it's not being manipulated." You know, it's not like they added this or that. No, it's just. The, the guy is getting better. What is also interesting, so at this very end, you, you said this, so these guys are very sustainable. They take their time. So if it's, you know, if they don't mm -hmm. have... I have a saying on sustainability. I think all the practice of, of the stealing uh, agaves is not really sustainable. I think the way they approach agave, it, it is in a way very responsible. Mm -hmm. You know, they do harvest the, the agave that is ready around their community and their village. It's not about like, oh, we have all this agave, let's just get it, you know. It's really about, okay, we have this amount of agave for this year and this will be the amount that you get, you know. I, I think that one of the big, like, contra not contradictions, but it's, it's kind of the challenges or oxymorons in agave spirits in general because you have the plants that take their time to grow yeah. so you have this waiting period and on on the other hand you have the economic interest and basically finding the right balance to you know have a constant stream flow of of products versus also make sure that you're gonna have a constant stream of products in in the future and not just go submit to the greed because there is a mezcal hype and everybody in the for u.s sure. is, is crazy about mezcal sure. at the moment for sure so i think this is going to be interesting to see it, it's also it, it it will for sure play a role that we, we we can be completely sure it's going to play a role because when there are more producers and then we have to see how it develops you know we know this expression we know this producer and we know he's doing it right mm -hmm. but then if If the hype arrives, it's complicated that, that really a hype arrives in this. This is a remote location. Remote, <laughs> man. It's, really, it's even, even dangerous to get there. So I don't like saying that about Mexico, but sometimes but it's, it's true. It's true. But sometimes it's true. You know, I mean, but you, you might go there. I mean, maybe nothing's going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. But your vehicle is going to be, you're not going to have your vehicle. You know, <laughs> like, if you just want to go like those hombres or whatever, you know, uh, it's. What's those hombres? <laughs> It's a brand that you will not be interested in. Um, anyway, so I believe I believe that this product really is in the middle of what you're saying. You know, it's it's both highly interesting product to 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 get into and and to nerd in. It won't be available for the for the market like most of the raicillas. It's not something that you can scale mm -hmm. because you already have all the state is already prone for development of the mm -hmm. of the tequila, the first expression that we had. So it's, it just stays small, you know, and, and I think that's valuable for the market, for the culturality of all things I gather. And I, I think it's, it's the way it should be, you know, keep some stuff small and unique and you will have recognition for all the categories of mezcal mm -hmm. in the different states, you know, so in the different stages that there are, like mm -hmm. tequila being the oldest denomination in the planet outside Europe. 
Mezcal being the, the, the biggest denomination in the planet in terms of territory. And producers. And producers. Well, both. Think. Both numbers are cool. biggest. That's, you know, some good data. And, and, and Raicilla, which is, as we said at the beginning, the niche of the niche, you know, like something that cannot be scaled because the territory is already taken by, mm. by, Tequila, uh, by, by Blue Agave. Mm. It's just about protecting the, 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 the ways of production that are very diverse between the, the different areas where some producers dare to, um, to produce something else than uh, Tequilana Weber. So, I mean, uh, it, it is definitely interesting to, to look at Jalisco with this scope of the products that we had And the information that we share, which I, I believe it, it, it's something interesting. I mean, the, of course, there's way more information to, to dig in. And I will encourage every, every reader, especially if you are available to read in Spanish, to seek books. There's plenty of, of literature in English. But I believe there's quality, a lot of quality in books that are written in Spanish as well. And not a lot of people are looking at them. So it is because the market is, is made for people that speak English, you know, like the American markets and stuff. So, I mean, uh, if you really want to get into it, seek these products, all of them, maybe buy a book on uh, in Spanish uh, about agave spirits. There's plenty we can recommend you as well, both in Elixir yeah, and the have, Gods. You have one here. Uh, so That's uh, maybe the, 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 the Bible for me. We like that a lot, yeah. Okay, it's called Agua de las Verdes Matas. Yeah. It's, it, it's a historical book, but it really goes like it's... Mm. It touches different uh, subjects about agave production, both in tequila and mezcal. And this little, little fine, beautiful line that is Raicilla, it puts you like a, a nice little map of what it is and what it was and what might be in the future. So, I mean, this and other books that I can recommend in my platform in Agavera, or we can also post in Elixir of the Gods, would be nice to have, you know, and... I want to thank you, Albert, for the for inviting me again. No, 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 no. Thank you for coming, man. No, yeah, I mean, exactly. the, the, we put on a show also because of the people who are on the show. I mean, sometimes maybe we get boring, me and Albert. <laughs> so that's why we want to invite some, 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 and especially characters like you that are working on the market, very knowledgeable. You talked about Tagavera uh, briefly, but uh, I would also like to add Christian also is also a... Uh, he, when, when he talks about culture, he's giving uh, master classes around Europe uh, to the different distributors that there is around Europe to let them know about different agave distills. But he's one of the guys that I would say he's uh, most qualified. He's most qualified in, in, in the subject. You're lovely. Yeah, and so thank you for, uh, yeah. especially for uh, sharing your knowledge with us and our little audience. What I learned in this last hour or so with it's I've, i've never thought about it this way but so when you look at jalisco and the name tequila has a very big stamp on it an influence on it but there are some people still there and you know tequila is a big industry but there's still some people there who are kind of in a way rebels and say we do things our way you know we don't care about like the quick money we want to do like a good product that's interesting that that has has a heart and that has a soul and i i kind of like that i always i'm always you know when you watch a football game and you don't care about the two teams so much you always root for for the underdog the small one <laughs> yeah yeah of course and 
uh, I think Rysilia is that. And I mean, yeah. the extreme is a, the Tucci, where it's like the underdogs of the underdogs in, yeah. in a way. Or also, or also like the other agave spirits within Jalisco that decide not to certify their products as tequila. Though it's agave. Though it's an agave and they have all this culturality and generations behind them, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, we already tried some spirit uh, that was r right here in this kind of a point or gray line that I'm mentioning. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, I would encourage you to maybe listen again to, to the, the Puntas Gracias <laughs> podcast. You're going to pay attention this time. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find it. It's yeah. there. And we were thrilled by it. Yeah. Uh, I would close, no? Because Yeah, uh, I think you have to go, Christian, right? So yeah, I need to run. Thank, I'm sorry. Thank you for being here, sharing your wisdom. This was Jalisco. Yeah. And so we're gonna go ow! to Oaxaca again. Yeah, uh, we're soon. going to go on, on, on the next show we're gonna we're gonna go to Oaxaca, try and be more specific on Oaxaca. These are the two biggest producing states right now, and maybe this on this second season we go to these two and next year we explore more states, but We thought it would be important to go to Jalisco and Oaxaca on this second season. Thank you for being on the first chapter, mate. Pleasure, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. See you in Oaxaca. Yeah, see you in Oaxaca. And for your information, guys, so we have visited two bars, very cool bars, in for our podcast, and we have two interviews in the back already. We try to get a third or maybe a fourth one even for this season to correct uh, connect with bars who have such a passion that they care different non-industrial uh, artisanal products. We want to keep that up. And if you have tips or if you, one of these bars, reach out to us so that we can talk to you and that we can exactly. find them. There is, there is a scene of mezcal bars in the US that's happening. It's hype. We don't uh, know the scene in Europe and we want to To create a little map of, of, of you guys uh, distributing mezcal directly to the to the customer and uh, having a mezcaleria and everything so that when people ask themselves, I'm going to Rome or I'm going to Milan or I'm going to Madrid or to Barcelona or to Amsterdam, Berlin, Hamburg. Frankfurt, Munich, whatever. Manchester. Is, Manchester, exactly. <laughs> Manchester. The, any place you go, you know where a good mezcal, you where you can find a good mezcaleria. Just... We're trying to map that out. It's a long project. But yeah. we, guys, if you're here and you're a, a bartender or, or, or a bar owner, just reach out. He does It not. would be cool. Yeah, exactly. So thank you very much. Thank you. And see you next time. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.